Hi, I'm Eddie. I run a comic shop and publish my own comic strip. And I'm Roger, and I run a comic shop and my very own Comic-Con. And I'm Joe, a lifelong fan who does all the real work to make our show go. Every week, we'll discuss the newest insider info that you won't get from your favorite comics and talk to some of our favorite creators and publishers. So come take a peek behind the counter with Tales from the Comic Shop, part of the Geek Nerd Network. Weekly on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Think of the children. Like the guy says, you're gonna eat lightning and you're gonna drop thunder. I'm paid to fool. This one, if he dies, he dies. Oh, oh, somebody please think of the children. I just want to say one thing to my wife was home. I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye, the movie podcast where we talk about movie franchises and why we love them. We are right in the middle of the Rocky franchise with the first Creed film this week. I am your host, Andy Wilson. Joining us, as with all of the Rocky Creed movies, our special guest, Roy Fillmore from the Yours, Mine, and Theirs, and multiple other podcasts. Welcome, Roy. Thank you. Yay. Uh, yeah, Andy has helped me out a lot because I just launched um, the In Memoriam podcast, and I had no idea how to use anything to create a podcast. Um, and I discovered the Levelator program a little bit too late, but, you know, oh, next that's, time yeah. for sure. No, it's a good, yeah. Good stuff. Um, go, that was a fun episode that we did. We talked about Melinda Dillon, uh, yeah. the, the mom from Close Encounters and A Christmas Story. So Yeah, yeah. that was fun. And uh, by the time uh, this gets posted, I will probably have finished recording uh, Raquel Welch. So rest in peace, Raquel Welch. We'll talk about you tomorrow. Yeah. Um, also joining us, uh, most of our normal crew, however, uh, we, we're we're giving Brooke a, a buy this week and Melissa will be on in a minute, but in, uh, in that corner, uh, my younger sibling kit, how you doing? Oh, pound for pound. Uh, I think I'm number two in the division. Well, there we go. Um, (laughs) pound for pound. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, (laughs) as, as good as can be, I guess. Um, Pound for pound, I'm nothing. I weigh a lot, and I don't. I don't get a lot. I would get murdered in a boxing <laughs> ring. <laughs> so I would, uh, yeah, yeah not be okay. Uh, the, however, someone who I think could uh, could handle himself in a in a boxing ring, or at least in, in a workout room, JB Flinders. Thank How you. Are you doing? I am great, and I uh, I actually do enjoy boxing, not people. I don't like getting hit. I like hitting things and that's the trick with boxing, right? Is it's fun yeah. to strike, but not to be the strikey. Right. So, Hey, yeah. Yeah. I know JB can handle himself in a front yard inflatable pool. <laughs> <laughs> I will never have the dunk skills as, um, 
Roy Fillmore, who almost won the dunk contest the other night at six two. <laughs> but yeah, we we do pretty well in the the front yards. But anyway, it's this is a. I'm really excited to talk about this movie because it is really good, and you're three of my favorite people. So that's a really good combo. Oh well, yay! Yeah, let's let's talk about this movie. Okay, great movie, right? Mm-hmm. Excellent movie. Okay. Yeah. Like, wow, we're yeah, we're really all good. in agreement. So that's yeah. that's great. So we'll see. It's even better out. than I remembered. Agreed. Because I kind Agreed. of like okay. the the thing that I remembered about this movie, the, and and it is a thing that this movie is kind of to the movie Rocky as um as the Force Awakens is to A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, like there's some very very similar plot yep. points, right? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it, it's really good. Well, and and they both came out the same year. Uh, in fact, this this beat The Force Awakens out by just a couple of months, and I was suddenly like, "Oh, we suddenly have these nostalgia sequels that right. are like, hey, let's take these movies that we loved and sort of remake them, and but they're kind of the same movie, but they're updated, and uh." Oh, and Jurassic World came out this yeah. year too. Oh. So, oh, well, uh, well hey, I mean, it's almost. Fu- it's fun. Just eat the popcorn and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I will and say the, the first Jurassic World is great. The the, the sequels, oh, the sequels man. are really really dumb. Oh, but I, I will say for my part, I enjoy the Force Awakens. I know it is good. All the I really, but like I, the I enjoy liking watching it. I like the Force Awakens. I, well, and I really like Creed too. So, okay, so as I've mentioned before, I did not grow up in a rocky loving household this was not something we loved all the time it was like it oh, okay was, yeah I, don't, I think it was something we were not allowed to watch yeah I, was gonna say, I don't think i don't like, remember I, I don't think i had seen it by the time i had graduated from high school and huh. i think it was like it was like you're and it might have been because i was the 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 sister and there were things i was definitely not allowed to get into like i wasn't supposed to read comic books um, so it might have just been like, oh, well, you have a uterus. You're not allowed to watch this movie. Yeah, no punching. Oh, that's sensible. No, no yeah. punching movies with you a might, uterus. You might enjoy <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's side boob too much. <laughs> uh, but, well, uh, as I said, I just – I remember it being on like AMC and just like watching – the first three in a row in a marathon, like at some point and like, and, and like, wasn't, but like was really mixed up about like, which was Rocky and which was Rocky two, which was Rocky three, et cetera. I was like Rocky four. We knew Drago, the Russian. Yeah. Yeah. Drago. But, um, Rocky and Rocky two Drago. So (laughs) I wasn't a Rocky fan until Creed came out. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, do I love the Rocky movies? Like, <laughs> this movie is great. And I like went back and I watched all of them and I'm like, these are really good movies. What, like, what was wrong with me? And then I went back and, and rewatched Creed and I'm like, okay, all of those were great movies. I think Creed might be the best one, though. I love Creed. Creed is so good. So it's fascinating because I... um. I think I like Creed 2 a little bit more, but I really, really like Creed. And the first Creed, and this includes Creed 2, by the way, the first Creed is the only Rocky movie not not written by Sylvester Stallone. 
Right. Yeah. Although my understanding is is that he wrote rewrote all of his own dialogue because <laughs> not not because of whatever. I, well, his reasoning was that it just didn't sound authentically like Rocky, right? That uh-huh. he could kind of give it the more authentic voice. Yeah. Um, or, 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 yeah, and, whatever you would call that. <laughs> and, if, and if someone asks the, you know, the creator of a franchise to star in their franchise that's about their franchise and yeah. they want to rewrite their dialogue, you let them. Someone yeah. asks if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, well, and yeah. Kugler, I, I mean, and I think Kugler knew exactly what he was doing. It, like, he obviously loves the language of Rocky. He loves the cinematic visual language of Rocky. Mm -hmm. He knew exactly how to capture all of that and synthesize it and, and make it and, and hit all those notes because he is a fan. So one of the criticisms I hear about this uh, movie is that Sylvester Stallone, even though this is supposed to be the passing of the torch, he somehow still manages to make this movie about him, but he didn't write the plot to this film. Right. Right, Ryan Cooper wrote the the plot, so that's interesting. And also, um, something that is pretty important for the context of this film is is early in pre production, Sage Stallone dies. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone's real son died, and so Coogler managed to like, hey, you know, I instead of like backing away from this project, why don't you make it personal? Make this movie a tribute to your son, and then you you can use all of that as this movie deals with the people that have left Rocky's life. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting, right? Because, because Andy, we talked about this, you know, this movie is about two things that you spend your whole life fighting, which is your past and your genetics. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think one of the reasons I know I liked the Creed series more than the Rocky series is I think in many ways, you, you know, you grow up watching a film and you gravitate towards the ones that speak to you. Right. And, and I, as much as I love the Rocky films, I don't, you don't really identify with Rocky until you're an adult. Whereas I always felt like with Creed, I could have watched that at any age and been like, oh yeah, am I my father's shadow? Right. Am I this, this character or that? So I think as you're, you're right, Roy, as much as I like the Rocky series and, and enjoy watching it, these have that extra layer and, and it's kind of a Coogler theme right because the Coogler films we've watched andy in particular they all deal with that kind of thematic you know how do you how do you deal with the past and the family and and where you fit mm-hmm. um, and i really like how it's consistent across these films and um i do i'm with you too roy i like creed 2 a lot but i think now that i've watched creed 1 again there's just so much build that make it easier to like creed 2 Right. Because they do a lot of heavy lifting in this movie for a boxing film. Right. Mm. So it's it's really interesting. And I I really like thematically what they do with it. Yeah. Uh, Joining us in in that corner, the undefeated champion, returning champion, the Chicana Madonna, Melissa. Welcome. Welcome. Melissa. Melissa. <laughs> oh, hello. Hello. Sorry, I'm late. No, of course, no problem. We're Very happy to. Happy. Yeah, the we're champ happy. Can always be late. The crowd will still cheer. Yeah. Hey, I mean, Creed needed ten minutes to go take a poop. You can do, yeah. you know, whatever you exactly. need to do. Exactly. Cut the yeah. gloves. 
everybody everybody will always wait for you. you yeah. Know, yeah. Not a problem. By the way, how funny was that part? Like, I'm so I gotta poop. I love that. <laughs> Just so human, right? Of all these yeah. little things that happen. <laughs> like, nervous pooper. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Totally, totally understood. Totally so, appropriate. Melissa, we've been talking about how much we like this movie and how coming out in 2015 with The Force Awakens and Jurassic World hits this sort of nostalgia-based sequels. And But Kugler very obviously understands like Rocky and what he's going for. Where do you come down on this on this film, and what do you what do you like or not like about it? So I actually really love this movie overall. I have my quibbles with it, but this is, you know, to me, I don't even mind that it's almost blatantly matching the original Rocky in some places. Um, Normally I would be like really cynical about that. But in this case, I think that the fact that they actually did some work here, some character work that, I mean, they, they, there's a few things they glazed over that I would have preferred more building, but it's nothing like how they glazed over, say, Apollo Creed, um, <laughs> almost throughout the entire Rocky series. And I, and I did, you know, grouse about that several times Yeah. Um, that I wanted to see more Apollo and we didn't see Apollo here, but we see his son um, and they did a lot of the work that the Rocky movies never bothered to do. They earned a lot of what um, they, what they ended up with. And I was really pleasantly happy about that and a little surprised because it it emulates Rocky so much. And yet it sort of learned from that series mistakes. I think at least so far, I have not seen the other movies. I haven't seen Creed two, obviously haven't seen Creed three yet. Um, so I might change my mind about the series overall, but right now I'm just pleasantly surprised that they learned from the lessons. Like, like they, they have their hero, which is obviously the Rocky movies, but they improved upon them instead of just trying to grab a quick cynical buck. Yeah. And it's so interesting that we talked about on the Patreon, uh, his film Fruitvale Station. And after that was a hit, everybody's like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And he pitched he wanted to make a Rocky sequel about Apollo Creed's son. And like everybody was like, okay, cool. And they just let him do that. But uh, he grew up in the Bay Area uh, playing sports and uh, his dad was a huge Rocky fan, and before every game, he would sit him down and watch Rocky too to like get him pumped. Because and so he's like, "This is what a sports movie is," and um, so this is like in Kugler's filmmaking marrow, as it were. And I think you can really tell how much he he has reverence for this and really loves it and is, and is enjoying himself. I wonder somebody who grew up like that, admiring the movie is like, if you turn, cause it's hard to turn a critical eye to something you love. 
that you're nostalgic mm-hmm. about, that he must see the flaws because he improved upon it so Oh, greatly, absolutely. You know? Well, and the simple well, fact that a black director is making a mostly white franchise uh, now focus on, you know, a young black character and and bringing in in Marianne Creed as a major supporting character. Oh, and so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think he's directly answering that and and I think that is kind of the secret sauce of the um of both this and the Force Awakens is that yes, they are very much remakes, but they are in dialogue with those films saying we do want to update them. We understand like there are some issues here. Here's if we were making these movies today, here's how we'd make them. And, and they did. And And go ahead. I was going to say, I'm like, and you really get that sense of like the, the love that went into it. Like you go to that restaurant and the food is so good that you can tell whoever made it loves food. Like, this is definitely a movie like, like, and it's sad. It's like, it's, I remember walking on Force Awakens and same thing. It's like, wow, J.J. Abrams really loves Star Wars. And so it's like, this is like, oh, wow. It's everything you love about the Rocky movies is here. All that heart and that sense of family and the identity struggles, all those good themes are just mm, put in here really organically. Yeah. Yeah, and so I love Felicia Rashad. I think she was a great choice. And, uh, I mean, she does a great job. And, and, you know, we learned some things about her relationship with, with Apollo that we didn't know. But also, like, Tess Thompson is is really good in oh, this so film. And, I love and her. so Donnie gets a girlfriend that actually has, like, a life and details. And and Wright is a is a pretty independent person with a lot of layers. And, and, and there's just a lot going on. And so it's not just – she's not just the girlfriend. And that's the end of her story, right? So I love their first scene so much. Yeah. When she's like, oh, my music's loud. Okay. I'll turn, I'll turn it, it down. down. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I also love and, and, and you kind of get the sense that, that Philly is a town that really loves its heroes because you think that this is 30, 40 years after Rocky's heyday. And when Donnie's moving into Rocky's house and she makes that, that, you know, remark about, Hey, you didn't, you know, why is your uncle a white guy? But then after, um, Rocky steps out of the frame. She says, you didn't tell me your uncle was Rocky Balboa, right? Like, it, 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 and that's a thing to me. Like, would he be instantly recognizable as a 70-year-old man who hasn't been in the spotlight for a, a while? But, but I mean, Philly's kind of that town. You know, they cling to their heroes. Um, sometimes they really trash uh, their sports teams. That's a rough town to be a sports team yeah, in. Super rough. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the the fact that in universe the Rocky statue is still up at yeah. the Museum of Art. Like and and I think we have to assume that Rocky Balboa is as important a figure in the zeitgeist of Philadelphia today as he is in like the the cultural zeitgeist of of where we are where people do care about him just that much um we would this is a weird funny story but when i worked at a polling firm when we would do um polls for people uh in in philadelphia and east pennsylvania we would 
we would ask the feeling thermometer of like, how do you rate this person on a scale of uh, very unfavorable to very favorable? And we would always include Rocky Balboa in there so we could tell the client like, hey, you are, you know, you are almost as popular as Rocky (laughs) among among these people. And like that was something they wanted to hear. Like, oh, or crazy. amongst everybody your base, wants to be that popular. Yeah, everybody wants to hear that. It's like amongst amongst working class Democrats, they see you the same as they do Rocky, and it's like yeah. victory. So, do you guys watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? No, unfortunately, oh. no. Well, you should. But, yeah. but there, there was a recent episode from the previous season where two of the characters were having an argument about who would be a better quarterback, Donovan McNabb or Rocky Balboa. And anyway. None of you've seen it, so it doesn't make any sense. But that's, that, but that sounds yeah. that sounds very Philly. <laughs> oh, so man. anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, but they they do love their sports heroes, and I love that you know they they do like the whole cheesesteak thing. They're like, yeah. he's from L.A. He doesn't know this, and she's telling him like local slang, like that's a jang this is a jang and like it's it's just those little touches that it's like oh okay they really do care about this and about getting those things right and and i i love that so this movie seems the focus of this movie seems to be on the father-son relationship right and so you Mm -hmm. have the one that's being fostered between rocky and and Donnie, but also, so this is very different from Rocky Balboa, where you have the father-son relationship between, it's just hard to be in the shadow of your father, who's very popular. Donnie also has to deal with that he's an illegitimate son of his father, who was never a part of his life, and but also happens to be a hugely popular sports figure, right? So he has a really different shadow that he's living in, one that is filled with hurt, right? And not just unease about having to deal with our people treating me differently because of my father's popularity. But, you know, how do you even feel about your father? And, and one of the best scenes in this film is when Rocky goes to, you know, bail him out of jail and he, he gives him that speech, but he just ends with, you need to forgive your father. Right. Um, but, uh, but I just, I, I love how family is such an important part of the entire Rocky franchise. And uh, this movie does a really good job of dealing with tricky Tricky family issues. I love the beginning in that same vein, right? Just the mannerisms and, you know, him never unclenching his fist, even as a kid, right? I've just always fought. And it's like, well, of course you have, because you're genetics, right? You always fight because you're your father's son. And are you going to adopt that as, as a value proposition? Are you going to fight? What are you going to do with it? Um, and I, you're right, Roy. I, I think it carries throughout the movie, and I love when they do those little snippet, snippets of it. Like, who is this person, and what what perspective do you want to take? And Felicia Rashad is fantastic. Like, so good in this. Well, and I, I love the like the way that they kind of show his relationship to his dad at the beginning of the movie. Right when he's watching that YouTube clip. He's exactly. not fighting from Apollo's angle. He's fighting from Rocky's, Rocky's angle. angle. Yep. And so he's fighting his dad. He's fighting his father. Yep. 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 Literally. I mean, you know, which every kid kind of wants to do in their early 20s, let's face it. Um, but I think like, well, maybe not every kid, probably not Roy's kids. 
you sound like the cool dad. My oldest son took a swing at me a few years ago, and it was a real surprise. <laughs> was it like punching a mummy, though? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> he he missed, and I pushed him down, and then it kind of ended. And it wasn't like he was angry at me. I kind of like surprised him when he, when emotions were getting high. But anyway, I, I don't need to go into the yeah. details. But Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Just start, like here, let me pour some salt in everybody's family <laughs> trauma. I have had um, a son try to hit me once, so... <laughs> Yeah, because I, I mean, I, yeah, it's I. I think like one of my favorite side characters, and so this is me coming out early, is the the performance artist. I'm just gonna call him the headliner at Tess's show, and uh, who calls, who's like trying to be like cool and be like, yeah, I'm showing you the love, and then he's like calls him baby Creed, and and, um, and Donnie gets all triggered about it. Yeah, don't call me baby crude and he's like i'm just trying to show you the love man and the, he's like ah! and it um it's you know it's like in hamilton where he's like call me son one more time uh and you just feel it you feel that that oh that hate isn't coming towards the performance artist it's coming you know at at his feelings of you know not having a dad but also having a dad who he has to live up to and yeah, Ugh. and he just felt abandoned by another father figure because he felt abandoned by his father in real life, That's and now, true. and then this is right immediately after Rocky in the locker room said, "You know, we're not really family. You know, yeah. I'm training you. You're a good kid, but we're not family. Let's not kid ourselves." So now he's felt abandoned again. That's and true. I love the moment where where Donnie leaves and Rocky just sits down and goes, "Why on earth did you say that? You know, mm -hmm. Why did you say that to get?" By the way, I, I, we're probably I'm. We're going to mention this, so I'll just mention this. Uh, Ro uh, Sylvester Stallone was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in this film. Yeah, uh, and he I was. I think he got, did he get the Golden Globe? He didn't get the Oscar, but I want to say he got the Golden Globe. Uh, I know he won the uh, Utah Film Critics Association <laughs> oh, well Award for Best, uh, because our friend, our friend Jimmy Martin gave him the award in person at the Critics' Choice Award oh, and wow. got a picture of him giving that to Stallone. And he said Stallone was actually like really, really like grateful and yeah. just super nice that that he felt like he was being rewarded and recognized oh, for this work it's like it's so, like yeah. getting an egot but but an egot too <laughs> yes, he, he won the golden globe and the golden raspberry oh yeah oh. i know so i it's interesting because i i feel like stallone like late 80s early 90s stallone would have been kind of maybe he would have had a bit of a head on him but i feel like sylvester stallone probably is a pretty genuine person he he, he comes across as a, a the kind of person mm -hmm. that would be kind and relatable and would would you know be grateful and not just have to pretend but you know what do i know yeah. um uh, i will i've only met him a few times so i just know that he did not have to be brought out in handcuffs at comic-con <laughs> unlike some actors harrison ford um, <laughs> so no. one one of the things though here like just thematically with this film and it's a it's a thread that Kugler and Jordan pick up in Black Panther is the the consequences of the loss of identity of losing your father when you're incredibly young. And that's a commonality between Adonis and Eric Killmonger. Um, 
and the the difference is Killmonger went right and swerved hard into like the reactionary violence with that and that uh but not having that history not having that tether not knowing who you are and feeling rejected from from everything that made you from not knowing your history and your homeland um that that drives him and is i think kugler making a larger commentary about uh the the african diaspora um who was was stolen out of africa through slavery and not connected to uh their traditions and their tribes and their tribal elders and and that culture um and forced to assimilate into uh you know into a a colonialist plantation society and um the the sort of large-scale societal trauma that 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 brings on everyone by um by taking that history and that tether away from them and so while it's not as explicit with um with Adonis Creed, I think that is something that Kugler at least seems interested in because it keeps coming up in his movies because <laughs> he, he does some of that in Fruitvale Station. He does some of that here. He does some of that in Black Panther. Um, all of them with Michael B. Jordan. So obviously they're like having a conversation about this. So um, I just, I think that's notable and, and, part of what we need to wrestle with as we're uh as we're thinking about these films and uh the sort of uh tale of of black excellence that we are um that we're showcasing here and why that matters and uh i just i think it's very deft and it's very um it's very subtle, but I, I think it's it's important and it's there. I can I can I take a side trail from that? So I didn't really realize this until I think a friend of mine explicitly pointed it out that there aren't a lot of movie franchises with present black father figures. Mm-hmm. And so I was asking my friend Michael to join us for my birthday movie and help me figure out what that should be so that he would have fun. And he's like, we should do the bad boys series. I'm like, well, we can only do one movie. And he's like, yes, but present black father figures are very meaningful to me. And he actually like, I I'm saying this in, in my way, but he, he actually was very like clearly emotional about that. And I, I think it's, it's sad that that's something that Kugler is, is exploring but maybe that we don't get to see that other side really in his, in his movies, at least not the ones that I've seen. Well, and just in general, like name for me, the important top tier films featuring black actors that don't have anything to do with a slavery narrative or a civil rights narrative or racism narrative or racism I mean, narrative i mean i, I think it's really important terrible. that that narrative is really it, is being addressed because if you 
don't talk about it and you pretend it's not there, then it gets worse. Right. Right. Like we grew up in the Sesame Street generation where it's like, oh, you just don't talk about racism and it won't be a problem. That did not happen. <laughs> so. But it's rare we get to experience not only like black joy, but Latino joy or. Mm-hmm. Or Asian American, uh, or yeah, it just, Chinese, yeah, or Japanese, Indian, Native, indi- Indigenous. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of that with you know white people, <laughs> but um, usually, uh, you know, we don't have mainstream narratives that are, you know, are that way for for communities of color. Or that are, or that are made by members of the communities of color. Like right. you'll have, you'll have narratives made about black people, but not by black people. This right. is both. So you get that really good, like sense of honesty, which I appreciate right. that vulnerability a lot. Right. And it's again, I think why Kugler is so effective here because he is speaking from like a very personal point of view where he's like no this is this is who i am as a filmmaker and this is what i want to spotlight i want to take what i love rocky which is something that everybody kind of loves and insert this other thing into it that i think has always been missing so that other people like me can also see themselves in this narrative in the way that they may not have been able to in the in the previous films. Yeah. I, I like and that. This, this movie's interesting about families, right? Because you have the character of Donnie who's trying to build a family around him, right? He's he's trying mm-hmm. to establish familial ties, and you have Rocky, whose family is slipping away, right? Mm-hmm. His son has moved away. Everyone he cares about has died. Polly is now gone too. Yay. Right, and so I mean, if that if nothing else, Polly was company. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, but the, the good news is Rocky probably doesn't have to pay for for Polly's uh, multiple porn subscriptions anymore. <laughs> but uh, but it, it's just interesting that you have someone who is like it's a Rocky situation where he's losing all of his family, and then Donnie comes along who's trying to build a family, right? And and how that works together, and and I think this movie does a, a a really good job of of kind of showing how you know though we we all despair and we all grieve for different reasons and for different things but we can comfort each other and we can create bonds and relationships that are meaningful um and 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 so it's not over the curtain hasn't fallen on anyone it's not too late um to find happiness and you have that scene with rocky uh, where he kind of tells Donnie that, you know, we're not really family, right? And Donnie's trying to tell him that, you know, you got to fight this cancer. And But Rocky, I feel like after his wife died, has decided all I care about is seeing my wife again as soon as possible, right? right. I mean, whatever that looks like for him. So he's like, I've got cancer. Guess what I want to do? I'm I'm ready. I, I'm, I'm done with this life. And 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 I would give up everything good that remains in my life just to see my wife again. And and so he misses that family so much and he misses his wife so much. But he now 
has Donnie and he's rebuilding that family. And, and I love their, their relationship, which obviously is not an easy relationship, but, but it's a, it's a good one. And I love where it goes in Creed too, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, but I, I think that's really key and it's the whole like, eh, you know, I've had a good run. I'm, I made myself a promise. I wasn't going to like, if something gets broken, I'm not going to fix it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I also kind of understand that because of where he's at in his life. So, yeah, I mean, like he's, he's just hanging on right until Donnie comes around. I mean, he doesn't even have little Marie anymore, right? We don't see little Marie. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he's running the restaurant, but he's just kind of like, on cruise control, just waiting. He's just waiting because as he says early in the movie, time's undefeated and he's just waiting for time to finally, you know, ring at the bell. Right. Well, yep. And, and I, you know, I know Andy, this, I'm sorry if this is hurtful for you, but like having gone through um, cancer treatments with my best friend and then mm-hmm. like seeing that battle go on for years and then lost it it's like it pretty much solidified like yeah if i get cancer i'm just gonna like not do that like that that was two years of hell and for for him and i and so i kind of when i you know when rocky said that i was like good for you rocky you own your you own your truth but you know that's a that's a point of view that you is very difficult to have when you have people who love you and want you to fight yeah and and so it's like most people i know like even if they don't want that fight they take it because of the people that they love and love them yeah and fyi i'm I'm good with that no no offense kit Kit, you're good all right i think i'm the only person here not in the medical industry in one way or another but my understanding is the kind of cancer that he has when caught early is really survivable but I, I mean, I could be wrong. Difficulty is his age. Okay. And, you know, any, the, anything the just he's is. too old to withstand the chemo. I would think that because of the physical condition he's in, despite his age, that that would give him. It, it would be better. I mean, yeah. the, the, the age uh, relationship is, is oftentimes because you get the comorbidities and you, you get other things that come from the treatment. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, there, there were, I mean, this is 10 years ago, right? I mean, nowadays yeah. it's even better. Um, but yeah, I mean, there it is. And, and the, the social support is always a big thing too. Right. And that's like you said, he didn't feel like he would have anyone to help him fight. So why would he, right? There's nobody, mm-hmm. no one's going to be there for him. There's so why do it? And I, and I think that's a part of it that changed that helped him. Right. Cause there's somebody who's going to be there, help him carry, give him ice chips, right. The kinds of things that you do at least until Creed three. And then who knows what happened. So I'm interested to hear because obviously he's not obviously he's not in it, and I'm kind of curious is is he going to be dead? Are we going to learn that he's dead? They said I heard he's not dead. Okay, right? Andy, that's I read uh, something that said they're he's not. He's in Vancouver. Him. I think <laughs> was, he went to see his son. Honestly, I, I was hoping that's the plot that he's moved to Vancouver to be with his son. Yeah, I think what I heard is at the end there's a scene where we see him and Carl Weathers and a big alligator waving from the sky. Oh, can I can I say one of the most interesting details of the from this movie that comes out that I think speaks volumes about Rocky's personality 
is that Rocky, who was a good friend of the Creed family, hasn't spoken to Marianne since Apollo's funeral. That is awful. Yeah, that is terrible. And I, I think you can see that as realistic. Yeah, I, I think you can see that as well. He's a bad person, but I think it's more that like he just can't deal with that. Right. I, I yeah. think he just can't handle and talking to Marianne just reminds him of Apollo. And so it's just easier for him to shut it off like he kind of does with his kid, too. We learned that he really hasn't talked to his kid hardly ever. Well, yeah. anything you feel like you take responsibility for. Right. I mean, yeah. would he not see Creed's death as his own fault? It would probably be different. Definitely does. But yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's a huge problem for him. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, that feeds into the next movie. So yeah. that's. But um, I also, I love these these little details that weren't necessary, but learning that Creed won their exhibition, that Rocky's like, oh, yeah, he won that one. Right? I don't know I, if I believe him, but <laughs> I think yeah. it's the only way Rocky would have told it, whether it happened or not. Hmm. Yeah. I it's believe like, how it. Do you, how do you judge that? I saw the traps. I'd take Carl Weathers 10 times out of 10. The ultimate, the ultimate male versus the <laughs> ultimate meatball. That's right. <laughs> That's right. If you can't let Hogan not pick you up, you, there's no way you beat Carl Weathers. I'm I'm just gonna say this. I'm gonna call my shot. If they do a scene where they digitally de-age Carl Weathers and he's in Creed three as Apollo Creed, I'm going to lose my mind. I don't know if you have to. He still looks really like, good. He still yeah. looks really good, yeah. but he he don't but, crack. But the, the thing is, but like Donnie wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to envision my father, you know, being an, an older man as uh, what what's his character's name in The Mandalorian? Gleef I was going to say, speaking of The Force Awakens, you could just have him come back as the silhouette Jedi, right? Yeah. <laughs> just talk to him. But, you know, but the, the digital de-aging technology is getting so good yeah. that like if if they just Harrison have like Ford a, looked, yeah, Harrison Ford looked pretty good, right? Yeah. Andy and the new Indiana Jones. Yeah, if they if they do a, a dream sequence where he's like talking to his dad or something, like I will lose my mind. Not so, that they have to do that, but I'm just throwing that out there. That dream Andy. sequence needs to involve um Apollo Creed teaching his son how to make a stew. <laughs> I agree. That would also be wonderful. <laughs> Why? I don't understand. Or, or just have him like you know, dad, you son of a bitch. And then they high five each other and try to outflex each other's biceps. That I think they should go running on the beach. Yeah. So yeah, Carl, really Carl Weathers plays Carl Weathers in Arrested Development. And his big thing is that <laughs> you'd never throw away scraps because you can always make a stew. Yep. Oh, okay. Just that's like what Wendy, he, that's what like he teaches Wendy's bias in his, uh, in acting, his acting class. class. Yep. <laughs> Don't throw away that bone. There's still plenty of meat on it. Throw in a potato, some carrots. You got yourself a stew going. <laughs> good stuff. That's good advice for life and acting. So yeah, Carl Weathers. So oh, we've Carl talked about Weathers. a lot of great scenes, but my favorite scene is still the mirror. That that's that's my favorite too. That is, I mean, I love the the YouTube clip where he's fighting his dad, but the mirror is the essence. I mean, you, you distill Creed down to one scene. I mean, how powerful is that one? Anyway, I just, it's also my favorite quote, but I love that. That's yeah. Spoiler. So that's my, that's my favorite quote. Oh, good. You can say it and I'll take a break. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I, I love that scene. I mean, 
from even, I mean, not just an athletic point of view, but you are always your own biggest enemy and, and no different in this film. So really great scene and Rocky's his own too. I mean, it's funny that Rocky gives him the tip and then runs away from the mirror. I'm like, no, you should stay and look too yeah. in Vancouver. Maybe. I don't know, but yeah, I love that scene. Yeah. It's great. Anything else we love, or do we want to start talking about box office and studio notes? Let's do it. I was looking at Roy in the mirror, but his <laughs> are super strong. All right. The box office for this movie. Uh, it came out, as I, as I mentioned, November 25th of 2015. So it was a Thanksgiving movie, like, uh, like so many Rocky movies before, uh, it made a total of $109.7 million. So a good amount of money off of what was reportedly a $37 million budget. Um, so good multiplier, uh, adjusted for inflation. That's, well, we may need to adjust these inflation numbers now that <laughs> movie tickets cost 20 bucks yeah. a piece everywhere. Uh, but uh, to uh, adjusted to inflation for 2019, 118.9 million. Um, an additional 63.8 around the world for a grand total of 173.5 million dollars. Uh, so this made a lot of money um, and has done has done well on on video and and DVD and and so on. Studio notes. Are there things we would try to change about this movie? One thing. Go. One thing. Put helmets on those children. <laughs> Such Guys, a great scene, but so unsafe. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, and I realized that, you know, when you're a teenager and a 20-something, that there is something in your brain that's like, I'm a moto! And, like, you fall off a, you know, a dirt bike and get a, a head injury. And you're like, I'm fine. Um but you know, having having worked with people with a lot of TBIs, guys, please make your children wear helmets when they <laughs> ride stunt bikes and ATVs. Life uh, is life may seem cheap, but it's not. That does remind me. This movie, uh, you know, it, it modernized the music, and it did so so successfully as opposed Agreed. to what Rocky Five attempted to do. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Well, again, I think that's the difference between like white people being like, "Hey, that hip hop is popular. Let's let's get some like <laughs> new jack swing in here. Let's some get an MC Hammer song." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, versus Ryan Coogler being like, "No, let's put together like a real soundtrack." Like, and and the fact that they made Tessa Thompson a musician and that like, well, and we'll get more of that in Creed too as well. So anyway, yeah, I agree. That is wonderful. Any other studio notes? Oh, I, apparently it's an almost perfect movie. It's a fascinating yeah. to me that we have been talking about it for only 45 minutes when we all agree that it's really, really good. <laughs> Whereas we spoke about Rocky five for like four hours. <laughs> Yes, because it was problematic. Um, <laughs> there was more things we would change. So that I think there's one other thing I would change. Like I appreciated the rawness that, like, uh, I'm Felicia Rashad 
really like reflected about his choice to go boxing i really wish that she had called him back before the big fight that's that's my studio note too i want more felicia rashad yeah i feel like she was such a good character and she had so much heart and if this is your kid even if they're doing something that scares you or that you're not 100% on board with, I feel like you would at least call them, especially the way she, I don't know. I grew up with with the Cosby show and she was, you know, the neighborhood mom in our house that just was awesome. So I don't know, I, I guess I wanted I wanted more more of her and also like to to be able to have kind of that positive like no your family is here for you even if she's not in the physical room i also want some explanation of what time of day she's watching (laughs) right match because it looks (laughs) like it's nighttime for her which would mean it's like two in the morning in liverpool so Yeah, <laughs> unless she closed all the blinds at noon to really yeah. get the full effect. I yeah. want. I, I like. I would like more of the. I mean, and I know later films, obviously, but I agree. I, I liked their relationship at the beginning, and it would have been fun to see more of the progression, right? In in yeah. his in his youth. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so this movie didn't need to include it, but I need an economics lesson on how she can continue to live like that twenty five years after Creed died. I'm not sure what's her income stream. Portfolios of investments. He was always savvy, right? Because didn't he didn't he have all kinds of side ventures after he retired? He's the one that created the Rocky doll that you can punch and kick and he's like the count of money fisto's gonna (laughs) take (laughs) Well, and I bet she's getting some sort of a percentage off of the off of the gym and um you know, and I'm sure that there's like like what is Muhammad Ali's like income stream? Like there's gotta be something that, that, that comes from that that's generated by him. And I think that's the, like the closest we would have to Apollo Creed or, or I mean, or I don't know, maybe Mike Tyson or someone. Yeah. Cause her house is a palace. Yeah. Well, now here's here's the thing is that if if she bought the if they bought that house in the 70s, like that in house cash, has yeah. probably octupled, tentupled in <laughs> in value and if you so know So what you're saying is she called JG Wentworth? Is that what you're saying, Andy? She well, got a reverse mortgage on that bad boy. No, well, something like that where you yeah, you do a cash out refi and you go and you put that money into something else and then you pay off that that mortgage and you're still doing you're still doing fine hmm. like i think that's uh you know and that's good for your taxes too because right, then, then you can you can write off the interest on your on your mortgage and meanwhile that money's working for you in like stocks and bonds or or who asked this question? <laughs> Who's responsible for what just happened? JB, I, I just want a good stew. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, little was known, a good, 
a lot of good financial advice there. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Little known side down. plot that that uh, Creed has a. It's kind of like the instant pot. It's their version of the George Foreman the, grill, the, the and it's like perfect Creed's perfect stew. Also, I think there was a moment where Rocky was was talking to Creed, and he said, "Hey, I'm turning over all my finances to Polly. You want in on this?" And Creed, <laughs> Creed was like, mm, "No, no, I'm good." No. <laughs> No. I mean, because Donnie was a, a financial manager. So, I mean, yeah. that that to me suggests that he grew up where, like, learning about investing and, like, being smart with your money. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Any other oh. st- studio notes? Yeah. Last one. I promise. What the heck happened to Creed's other kid? Or kids? He had kids. Yes? Yeah, I know. In the Rocky movies? And it's like... Where are those dudes? All I can think is they were like, we just don't want to have to deal with that distraction in this film to, you know, what, what the relationship is with the other kids. So we're just going to ignore it. But he, he definitely had at least a son and a daughter. They're in the yeah. Bahamas uh, yeah. running a bank, I think. It's or they're, they're, they're in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yep. They're going to the support group for famous boxers kids. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, we haven't seen Creed 3, but Jonathan Major's character needs to be Creed's legitimate son. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that would be uh, that would be quite a twist. Uh, Melissa, do you have any studio notes before we move on? Or actually, um, I had said earlier that you know they didn't glaze over a lot of stuff like the Rocky movies did. But one thing I would have liked to have seen more of um, is like the day to day of raising a child that you know is the product of your husband's infidelity. And yes, I, we know that, I mean, she, she came to him. It wasn't like he got dumped on her doorstep or anything. She sought him out. She's obviously very um, good, you know, loving with him and, and, you know, that's her son in his, in her eyes. But like it, this is the one thing that they glazed over that, that annoyed me is that there still had to have been moments of doubt moments where she wondered, you know, what the hell did I do? You know, why is he here? And I'm sure the same for him. Like, is she just going to, you know, dump me one day or, you know, how did she make him feel secure? How did they become a family? And yes, with his other kids, I mean, he has, a you know, half siblings run around what is their relationship do they have one you know i mean they they must have yeah. one you know um this uh, this movie's already over 2 hours and the, and they try to do a lot of things here so i i guess i can forgive that they gloss over these things but some of these things are really interesting and they would go a long way towards character building for the two best characters in the, the movie, you know, and so I, I wish they had focused more on that. Completely agree. Yeah, that's that's exactly when I'm like more Felicia Rashad. That is, yeah, that is that is the specific storyline that I would like to hear more about because that is hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Or even just learning how she learned that Adonis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like. Right. Yeah. If she's the kind of person that went and sought him out when he's basically in juvie, like how did she find out? How long did she wait before she went and got him? Like Did she have to come to terms with it first? And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yep. 
there's a lot more there. Okay. Um, favorite one-liners or quotes? Andy oh. Duars. Okay. You see this guy here? That's the toughest opponent you're ever going to have to face. I believe that's true in the ring, and I think that's true in life. Now show me something. And, and I'll be so back good. after I get a cheesesteak or wherever he goes. <laughs> He's so good. I love so, that. My, mine was just that one of those like great Rocky one-liners. He's like, don't, don't you want this, you know, that, that workout that he wrote down? He's like, don't you want don't you want this? Oh, no. I, I, I put it in my phone. Well, what if it breaks? Oh, it's already up in the cloud. The How to get in the cloud. What's a cloud? <laughs> Just that. That was so great. That was great. All right. Well, so I, mine would be, if I could take everything that was good and put it into a bowl and say, here, I'd like to buy one more day with my wife, I would do it, and I would die a happy man right then. Everything I got has moved on, and I'm here. You really do love stew lines, don't you? <laughs> he loves stew. So, it, yep. what I love about it though is it's like a Great clunky. Line. It's a clunky metaphor, but it's a rocky metaphor. Yeah, it totally. is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's totally how he would make that make that metaphor. Yep, it's wonderful. Uh, I also like that the the chickens must be getting faster. <laughs> No, that's a great line too. Yeah, good job. The chickens are slowing down. <laughs> or yeah, chickens are. It's, that's it. Chickens are slowing down. Best side character. Polly's porn collection. So no, I'm going to be the outlier here and choose Marianne Creed. Mm -hmm. I like her. Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I think I think we're just like no, it's solid. That's how are, how are, how is that the outlier? I thought that. No, was I was like... being sarcastic. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll raise the sarcastic hand next time. Mm -hmm. Gosh, okay, sorry. Dang it, Roy. <laughs> uh, anyone, anyone have anyone else that they that they would like to put out there besides Marianne Creed? So I like the father of the first boxer that he fights, the one who can't figure out why Rocky won't train his son, but all of a sudden he's training someone that he's never met before. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I like, he's, a, he's a good character, uh, but um, he's no Marianne Creed. Dang it. Nope. nope. I mean, pretty Ricky is, it's funny, right? Because he's, he comes off as such this, you know, jerk. Right. And then at the end he, he's in the situation too, right? He's supposed to be this character. Yeah. And in reality, really isn't. So, I mean, it's the it's the Drago thing again in Creed too. Like, what is your situation? But, um, I mean, yeah, I like Bianca and and, and Marianne, but it's, there there's a lot of really good. I mean, his whole team is great. Like the Cut Men and the Gloves guy. They're all mm -hmm. there's a lot of really good characters in this. So, oh, I love the yeah. glove, the the the. I don't even know what you call that. The guy who holds up the pads to get punched. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I um. Uh, no, I lost what I was going to say. Anyway, whatever. I I also like uh, Little Duke. Um, he's great. Oh, that's right. And and I I'm glad we get to see more of him too. I love that all the boxers in this movie are real boxers. Yeah. And so I think one of them, like in his in his promo, it shows it shows him holding his gold medal because that's his gold medal. 
right? Like he won the light heavyweight medal in Seoul, Korea or something. So I, I like that they used real boxers. So yay. And all the awesome. ESPN silliness, right? Like the Hannah Storms and the PTI. Like how great of a tie-in. Like you said, Andy, how great so is it good. They, they did three minutes of plot that would have taken 40 minutes, right? Outside of that. Right. It's, it's, so it's a great way to just deliver some exposition. It's it's really brilliant. And like the, the PTI guys cover more plot than the rest of the movie, right? Like, well, how right. would you feel if your dad was illegitimate? You're like, what? <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, okay. Just in case you weren't following along, we're we're here to give it to you this the way that ESPN breaks it down in you know a forty five second soundbite anyway. So right. <laughs> really good, really great narrative device that uh, you know I I wish more films had something like that. That you know if only there were newscasters that were more like PTI. That would that would help just to you know move stuff along. Uh, best song. So I'm gonna go with "Waiting for My Moment" by Donald Glover. I think they do a great job of kind of tying in some Rocky esque themes mm-hmm. while making it a unique song, and it's, it's a good song. I really like that. Um, I like the the John Legend and the Roots song too. Um, I like the Bianca song. I don't. There's nothing that like leaps out to me as like, oh, I love this so much. But um, uh, all of it's really good. Anything else? No. Okay. Is this a good movie? It's an excellent yeah, movie. I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's really good. This movie's really good. Is it Rocky Five good though? It is one of the eight best Rocky movies. <laughs> um, hot take. This is my favorite Rocky movie. Oh wow! I'm sorry. I don't blame you. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's a really good movie. Between this or Creed Two, I think those are probably my top two. There, yeah. I, I I really like the Rocky movies. I love the Creed movies. Yeah. So I, and I Rocky really the like animated it. series is pretty good. <laughs> um, oh, and I forgot to shout this out earlier. Um, I rewatching this. I went back and rewatched the not the very first fight in Tijuana, but his first major fight against against Little Leo. Um. And the the way that they shot that with no cuts. And I'm just astounded at the filmmaking prowess that that Kugler is showing here. The fact that they got all of that with no cuts. I I just don't understand it. Yeah, eleven takes is is all it took too. So and it, it's uh that first fight is three and a half minutes long, and then the main fight is eleven minutes. Um, which makes it that that fight's the second longest Rocky fight, but that's that is pretty astonishing. That uh, that uh, one take shot that covers the match that's pretty great. And and not only that, that like you know, most of the other Rocky fights they're shot from above, they're like long coverage shots. He's like in their faces over their shoulder with a handheld camera, like. 
I don't know how you make it look so real. Like they are literally getting punched. Like that is just every single one of those people hit all of their marks perfectly. The camera moved perfectly. Everybody got their lines. Everybody got their, their blocking. It's like, I mean, I haven't been on Hollywood sets, but having been on other like independent film sets or other professional uh, studio sets, you do not get that. So it's just astounding to me that that they're Uh, able to pull that off. I'm kind of wondering if they, they took some stuff out of like the WWE playbook where like they're really hitting each other. They're not hitting each other hard, but they're really hitting each other. And like, cause I was like, there are times where I was like, no, that his face just moved in a way that means he actually like got punched. There, there was at least one moment in the filming where, uh, uh, uh Michael B. Jordan actually got knocked down. Um, uh, because that's the tradition in every Rocky movie. Rocky got knocked down for real at least once. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. so yeah, Michael B. Jordan agreed to take some real punches at least for parts of the film. Yeah, I I think this is an astonishingly good movie. Um, you know how worried I was about this movie though, like w- when this movie was being promoted, and I was just because it was kind of the same way with Rocky Balboa, but I was like, oh my gosh, this. Stallone just needs to let this end. And I wasn't really familiar with Ryan Coogler and I'd never seen Fruitville Station, but I was mm-hmm. I was really worried that this would just mm-hmm. further diminish Rocky. Um, but you know, hey, it was it was really good. Yeah. I saw um I saw Michael B. Jordan in um that movie. Oh shoot, what's it called? The Josh Trank movie where the three kids get superpowers. Fantastic. No. Four. He was in. He was, that in, and he was in Fantastic Four. That's the. Yeah. No, it's it's all shot like um, with found footage, and it was really low budget. He was fantastic in that. It was Trank's first movie that, like, which is what got him Fantastic Four. And like after watching that, I'm like, this guy Jordan is amazing, and mm-hmm. I will watch anything that he does. And so. I saw Fruitvale Station and then they're like, oh, he made a Rocky movie. Okay, well, I'll go see it because like, yeah, absolutely. And I just, yeah, I was astounded at how good that is. So, and at this point, Kugler has like a full blank check from me. Like he does anything. I will, I will go and watch it. I don't, I don't care. Um, is the main character in this movie Adonis Creed, Adonis Johnson, a good person? I think yeah. he's trying to be. I think yeah. he is. I be, I mean, because I would look at all of you, and I think you're all good people, and I think I'm a good person. But we all have the you know our inner storms and the stuff we're dealing with and the wars that we're fighting. And he's got a whole heck of a lot going on. But I think he's he's trying to be a good person and he's trying to do the right thing and 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 so I mean I think he's a he's a good person and also um, you know he's the Rocky hero in this movie so, so yeah. yeah so that helps <laughs> yeah and there's really nothing in the film that leads you to think he's anything but 
like even what I mean, he's in juvie for what fighting. Like I don't know that that necessarily makes you a a, a bad person, right? So I, I don't think there's anything in this film to dictate that he's not a good person, right? So yeah, and I think he's great with Bianca, and he you know he learns in his relationship with her when he makes missteps and. And again, like Rocky, he, you know, learns to correct his mistakes and to recognize his shortcomings. So agreed. I don't see any reason to say that he's not a a good person. Yep. All right. And should we show this to children? Yeah. Uh, It's weird because my kids have seen it, but I mean, they weren't that, they weren't like little kids, I guess, when, um, I, I, when you say kids, should we show this to children? What are we talking about? Twelve and up. I should yeah. have asked this. Like, a yeah, year I mean, it's, it's subjective. It doesn't, you know. If we're talking twelve and up, then for sure. Yeah, twelve yeah. and up is fine. I'm thinking like you know five or six year olds that will watch something uh, you know on repeat for a while. It's just yeah. a lot of it's a lot of fighting. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine I, I would imagine that the teenagers in my house who would watch the scenes where Michael B. Jordan is is working out and punching and then not pay attention to any of the rest of it. So, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Teenage girls. And then you're going to have a bunch of man. broken mirrors. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the part I'll be like, get back in here and watch this. That's your biggest enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get a cheap thing. <laughs> all right uh yeah okay um creed good stuff good mm-hmm. great stuff um next week creed 2 uh the creedening and uh we'll catch up with <laughs> what uh you know creed 2 the barbarian yeah what Ivan drago has been up to all these years oh it's so good to see him seriously oh he's so good in this wait did i you don't think I don't Did think you? I've seen Creed 2. Oh, it's yeah. so oh, good no, that he's so back. Good. This is another example of, oh my gosh, why are they doing this? And it turns out so good. They do such a good job. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. So And, and, and there, there's hints of a Drago spinoff, which I am I am all on board for. I'm there totally. for it. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be cool. Drago I want to take away Teeny to do it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Drago, love and thunder. It would it would start getting like very gay. I think Drago gets his PhD like that. Kind of be a lot of a lot of a lot more homoerotic. I mean, look who he was married to. You can't say that he's probably not okay with some you know gender queering. Oh no, of course, yeah. I mean, I'm just really yeah. excited because I honestly, as much as I love Creed 2, I have no idea who the son was because I was so happy to see Drago in it that I'm like, oh, yeah, he's got a kid. Nah, whatever. Let's talk about <laughs> Drago some more. So, <laughs> I want, I'm excited to watch it again and be like, do I do I care about this son yet? Because I, I sure love Drago. The scene with them in the restaurant kit is the is so good. So OK, the party. no really spoilers, good. no spoilers. No, it's just really yeah. good. No. Yes, yeah. I I got some questions too about geopolitics. Okay, I mean it's it is the Cold War of Creed. So how can you not have yeah. some, have some work for us there? Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So Creed 2 next week. Uh, check out the Patreon for Fruitvale Station and uh, starting back on uh, the Hitchcock train with Downhill and The Farmer's Wife. So so check that out. Go subscribe for a dollar. Go check out Roy's podcasts on Yours, Mine, and Theirs, where you are doing three – This okay, first you're doing three movies that uh, – that who chose Marie Livesley. So we, uh, the best years of, of our lives, which I just watched today. That wasn't as funny as I thought it would be. No, and but you didn't get kicked off Facebook. So I, 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 I swear I almost did. I deleted it. <laughs> <real fast. laughs> so close. I was going to mention something about snapping necks and I'm like, Oh no, this is why I got kicked off last time. So, um, but uh, yeah, then we're watching the Goonies, which will be great because John notoriously hates the Goonies. He does. That's and then awesome. we're watching X-Men, which will be great because John notoriously wants to make love to the movie, the X-Men. So, <laughs> which they will probably be, let him. Yeah. That'll be really then fun. After that, we're watching movies that have been made uh, multiple times. And it, the voting right now has Robin Hood in the lead. And there are six versions. And I'm going to push real hard to make John watch all six. Oh, especially, <laughs> the, especially the Kevin Costner. Oh, that's so that's by far the best version. Yeah. So, I so can't. Andy was there when we saw it uh, uh, at the Alamo Draft House. Um, what was that? Was really great. Hello. We'll see. We may end up with just three, and I think the Russell Crowe version should should have to get watched because it looks really bad. Um, yeah, but, uh, the the animated one has got to be in for sure, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. yeah, watch the Errol Flynn, the animated one, and then pick your choice of Costner, Crow, or the Kingsman guy. Yeah. I think that's I think that's like the clear the clear thing that you should do, and I hope it wins. Um, I I also kind of love um, the Island of Doctor Moreau <laughs> oh, and so uh, and Three Musketeers. So. Well, I was I was hoping I just watched the Raquel Welch version of the Three Musketeers and I was I was whelmed. But um, uh, I was I, what I would really love to watch though would be the Last Man on Earth, Omega Man, and uh, I Am Legend. I think that that, that would, would also be really good. I think there are, mm. there are like eight really good choices. I know. <laughs> so uh, I think all of those would be good. But yeah, all right. So go go vote in that Facebook poll. That'll be great. And then uh, your In Memoriam podcast. Go check that out. Yeah, in a couple of days you'll be able to listen to us talk about Raquel Welch. Yeah, so and you um, will not be whelmed. You will be overwhelmed by how they <laughs> talk about her. So just be prepared. Uh, yeah, saying goodbye unless to Unless you're her. in Europe. <laughs> Semi-whelmed. It's like no, it's like from Clueless. I know you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, but can you just be whelmed? I think you can in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, sure. well, okay. Anything else? No. Thank you guys so much. Yay. Thanks, yep. everyone. All right. We love y'all. Uh, big kiss until next time. Mwah. Thank you. That will be all. God damn it. That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com.
this is Janet. <laughs>